0: Somebody say tap out. Tap out. James chapter four. Got your Bible. Say amen. amen. Come on, people. If you got the Bible app on your phone, say amen. amen. That's better. If you don't say, Amen. man. Y'all got it's free. <laughs> it's free. If you don't got a phone, you have an excuse. If you have a phone, it's a free app. Download it. It's called the Bible Somebody asked me the other day at my birthday party, they were like, hey, so have you watched the, what's it, the Chosen TV? Like, have you watched, sh- I think it was Faith, it was like, hey, have you watched the Chosen TV show? It was like, like the Bible played out, I was like, no, I read the book, <laughs> you know? Read the book, it's pretty good, but watch the Chosen, I guess, is it good? I've never, I feel like I'm a bad, I feel like every pastor or Christian, like I'm friends with on social media, posts about it. I'm not. Y'all pray for me. I need to get saved. I haven't watched Chosen yet. Jesus, help me get focused. Somebody say James. James. That's the book we're going to be reading from. James chapter 4. Somebody say tap out. tap out. That's not what we do here. James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10 says this. It says, Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. That's the part like at first, like, okay, draw near to God, I got you, I can do that. The first part of this passage, like, okay, I'm following, I'm a part of that, I'm cool with that. But the second part is where it gets kind of like, ah uh, I don't really like that. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Ooh, <laughs> and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Ouch. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Oh, <laughs> let your laugh be turned into mourning and your joy. To gloom. So far, this passage is tough. Verse 10 may get a little bit better. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. This passage is kind of like, ugh. Let's break it down, but let's pray first. Jesus, speak through me these next few minutes. Uh, be a megaphone, help me to be a megaphone that you talk through. Um, God, the word that I say be only from you and not from me. When you speak, God, everything changes, everything gets better. So, God, I pray you speak. And, God, let let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, So I wrestled when I was younger. Um, If you've been here for a while, you probably know that. If you didn't, uh, that was part of my testimony. I wrestled a lot. Um, I was set up to go to college for it. I was set up to – I was on track to be an Olympic wrestler. It was really cool. Um, However, God had different plans, and that's okay. I'm thankful I get to stay in the will of God and follow his plans um, because his plans are better than mine. So I gave that up and started pursuing ministry and Jesus did a lot of incredible things. And I've learned um, when you speak and people get saved and God does incredible things in people's lives, it's much more powerful and much more impactful and feels so much better than wearing a gold medal from wrestling. So I'm thankful that I got to follow the will of God. However, before all that happened, I was a pretty good wrestler, and I was, I'm, I'm proud to say that I never once tapped out in any fight or any wrestling match, unless I was against my dad, because y'all may have seen him on Sunday. He's a good bit bigger than me, um, and y'all, he's crazy, like, like actually crazy. He told me one time when I was like seven, he's like, hey, you want to learn how to kill somebody with a can of soup? I said, Robert. <laughs> You need to chill out. <laughs> like that's that's not okay. I'm very this is a very like formative time of my mind. <laughs> You're teaching me how to hurt people with cans of soup. Don't do that. <laughs> he still did. Um, so the only person I've ever tapped out in a fight or wrestling with was my dad. But that makes sense. Other than that, never did. If I was wrestling coaches, or if I was in middle school wrestling up against like wrestlers that were like varsity wrestlers and bigger than me, and they were trying to beat up on me because I was small. So I was like, okay, you're going to kill me, but I'm not going to tap out. Anybody else like that? Like, you're stubborn. Like, I don't care who you are, how bad you beat up on me. I'm probably not going to tap. I'm going to die before I tap out. You're a bad dude, Kieran. Jeez, stay away from me, bro. I'm a dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um. That's funny, bro. Um, so for me, though, like it never did it. I, I was kind of like Kieran. Kieran says, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a big brother. Looking at you, bro. Or a big sister who is leaving us, um, graduated. You are not going to make me tap. I was a type, I was like this, you will kill me before I tap out. Because for me, I was stubborn. And I was like, you know, what? I'm, I may lose but I'm not going to quit. Anybody else like that? I may lose, but I will not quit. Like, I will not admit defeat. I'm a, like, because there's a chance before I black out and die that I'm going a, I'm to a swing and like monkey swing, and like do something and win. Anybody else like that? Like, that, I'm to the very end, I'm going to fight. Who else is like, like on the other end, like, hey, um, I'm probably when it gets hard, I'm probably gonna tap out. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna put up a fight much. Like I'm, I'm. Done. Anybody wanna be honest? Like hey, like I was not meant for fighting. All right, okay, I see you. Anybody I'm like hey, honestly, I was not meant for this. If it starts to hurt, I'm done. Anybody? Okay, Maddie, I see you. I see you. you're good. Um, I fought my little brother last year. He's a good bit bigger than me now. I'm still didn't. T- I beat him, but I refuse to fight him now because he's even bigger and like, like. If you ever meet him, he may talk about trying to fight me. He told people for years he was going to fight me. We fought. I beat him. He tapped out. But I was crying afterward. I was like, I was like, (gasps) you know, Uh, dad bod to the max. (laughs) What going on? I was like, man, I need to hit the treadmill and run. (laughs) But I didn't tap. I refused because what tapping is? It is saying, hey, you've won. I'm not going to tap out. You've won. I submit. You're stronger than me. I refuse to submit. The definition of submission is this the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will of an authority of another person. When fighting or wrestling, I refuse. I said, I don't care what's going on, who you are, I will not submit to you. I will not admit that you're stronger. I will not admit that you're better. I will not submit. You're not better than me. I refuse. You are not better. I will not yield. I will not. I will tap out after I'm dead, maybe. But before then, I refuse. I will die before I submit. Anybody met somebody else kind of like that other than me? Like, man, this person is stubborn and no matter what. Anybody else like this? Like, OK, this person is like not the I don't want to mess with that person or maybe like they're easy to beat, but they're stubborn and they'll like I will kill them. I had a guy I was on the wrestling team with named Isaiah. Isaiah was about 72 pounds less than me. For real. like I was in like the highway classes. I was 195. He was in like the 113 little. but mean, he was scrappy and wild. Like he would always start fights with me. But he would always lose, but he would always start, just because was, I was bigger than him, higher weight, whatever, right? Um, Isaiah was an asthmatic kid. Y'all, and I was, I, I didn't realize that people could die from asthma attacks. I didn't know that. So, like, he put me in, like, a rear naked choke, and I flipped him over and slammed him, just because he was smaller than me, but it, he always started it. He had an asthma attack, and I left him. And I didn't know you're not supposed to. I was, like, 15. I was, like, He's like, <laughs> like, don't start it. It won't be anything. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if your friend ever has an asthma attack, get them an inhaler or run. You know, get away. <laughs> Finally, the scene, if there's no cameras, you weren't. there. Isaiah refused. He would not tap. He would not submit. He was done. He was like, I, I may die, but I'm going to fight someone who's bigger than me. But I'm not going to quit. My first point tonight, if you're taking notes, is this. Somebody say fight. Fight Fight temptation. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This passage is telling us, as the readers, the people that are reading the Scripture, that we need to tell the devil no when he tempts us. We need to find whatever out we can to get away from it. One version says it like this. says, resist the devil, and he will run away from you. If you fight it, eventually... He will stop, and he will run. I've noticed a lot of people like to blame the devil when we screw up. When we, like, if we fall to the table, I've heard so many people say, well, the devil made me do it. Anybody ever heard somebody say that before? Like, I was tempted the devil made me do it. Like, shut up. He did not force you. You may have felt tempted by him and pressured by him, but the devil did not make you do it. He set you up to fail, and you fell to the trap. But he didn't make you. Telling the devil no when he's tempting you is not easy. It's usually a pretty hard thing to do. However, the more we practice saying no to sin, saying no to temptation, the easier it will become for us to do. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What this says is this, is that the devil is looking for a reason to take you out. He's looking for an out. He wants to hurt you. So what do you got to do? You've got to prepare yourself to say no. I don't know what the enemy tempts you with. I don't. I know what the enemy tempts me with. And I've got to set myself up to say no and to run. Somebody say fight. fight. Second point is this. Somebody say run. run. Run to God. Our passage says draw near to God and he will draw near To you, cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What I love is this, is chase after God, and he will chase after you. That's what our passage is telling us, that if we pursue a relationship with God, he in turn will turn around and pursue you too. That's cool to me, that the creator of the universe, he wants to pursue you. When you think about it like that, that the greatest being that's ever lived The one who created life itself wants to be with you, wants to pursue you, wants to chase after you and get to know you better. That's pretty cool to think about. It's teaching us that to be close to God, we need to run to him. We need to pursue him. We need to be like him. I've learned in uh, my 24 years of life that chasing after God is hard. Being like God is so I've heard a lot of preachers talk, make it seem like it's an easy thing. It's hard to be like Him sometimes. I'm like, hey, I want to be a Christian, but it's hard to be like Jesus. Anybody else like that? It's sometimes it is hard to be like Jesus. Jesus had self control, and that's hard for me to do. Fill in the blank. For me, it's self control. <laughs> it's hard. But what I've learned is the more I pursue Jesus, the more I chase after God, the more I try to develop my relationship with him, the easier it is to be more like him. Um, For us to be in the place where God has called us to be, we have to run to him. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 33 says this. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as what you will eat, what you will drink, nor your body. As to what you will put on, is not life more than food? Is the body not more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not worth much more than they are? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? Why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. they are not told, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon all his glory clothed himself like one of these... Verse 30, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Do not worry than saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all the things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That's a lot. That's a lot of, of scripture. I want us to focus in on verse 13. It says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The big, long scripture that I shared with you before, it was talking about things you wear, things you eat, things you do, whether or not you're going to have the things that you need. But what our passage says, to sum it all up is this, if you pursue God, all the other stuff that we allow to get in our heads and make us so anxious, everything else will work itself out. If our first priority is pursuing Jesus and our relationship with Him, and how can I be more like Jesus, the rest of life stuff will usually figure itself out. I've learned that the more I pursue Him, the less anxiety I have over the stuff that's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? It's so easy to get caught in that. I've learned that if I put everything else in front but my relationship with God on the back burner, I've learned... That um, all the other stuff takes up all my time and I don't have enough time for God. Anybody else, else noticed that before? Why well, if I focus on this, 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 this. And once all of this is worked out, then I pursue my relationship with God. And that always gets forgotten. So let me encourage you. Whatever is causing your stress, whatever it is, take care of it. Yes, God wants us to deal with that. Pursue your relationship with Jesus first. And I've learned that everything else seems to work itself out. And my last point is this, is humble yourself. Somebody say humble. Humble. I'm closing if someone wants to come play behind me. We're getting out of here. Our passage says this, be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will... Will exalt you. Everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to make it big. Everybody wants to be the best. The best at their thing. If you're a singer, your goal is to be the best singer. If you're a baseball player, you want to be like Dylan when you grow up. Dude, you're a beast, bro. Shout out. (laughs) You want to be the best baseball player. If you're a musician, you want to be the best at it. If you play chess, you want to be the best. If you're a wrestler like I was, the goal was to be the best. I want to be better than everybody else. The passage, though, is telling us that we need to humble ourselves. In order to get to the place where God has called us, we need to humble ourselves. So many people see themselves as number one. Or I am the first priority in my life. After I get this stuff figured out, everything else But I got to be number one. I got to figure this out. We care about what we want but we don't really care about what we know God is calling us to do. Ask yourself this. What is it that God wants me to do? What is his first priority for me? And then ask yourself, what do I want to do? What is my first priority for me? And if they don't line up, shift your focus. Humble yourself because I promise you, you will not regret. You won't look back one day like, man, I sure do regret pursuing my relationship with Jesus. Man, if I would have done something else, my life would have been better. Wherever you are in your walk, in your relationship with Jesus, put him first. Pursue him first more, do what he tells you to do, read your word, pray more, worship more, whatever it is, pursue him. 2 Chronicles 34, 28 says this, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, because you humbled yourself before me, tore your clothes and wept before me, I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. The definition of submission, I'm going to remind you. The action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will of authority of another person. Our passage tells us to submit ourselves to God. Another version says it like this. Put yourself under God's authority. What is His calling for you? What's His plan for you? What has He called you to do? Trust him and do what he calls you to do. Submit to him. Tap out. Stop fighting what he's called you to be. Stop fighting against his will. And instead, stand under him, submit to him, and watch and see what God calls you to do, where he sets you up.